Will you forgive me? For the last time. How, how many times is that? How many times is that? It's four. Help me out here, or I'm going to put you in the imperfect section. You better help me out here. Tina, I did something stupid. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Yes. How many times five. is that? Are you getting the point? You ever had anybody do something stupid to you five times? the pastor here at New Life Community Church. And I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in on this Christmas weekend. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, whoever you are, whatever time you might be listening to the program, whether it's the first airing on Friday or the last airing on Sunday, Christmas of 2022. Boy, what a great day to celebrate Christmas on our Lord's Day. And I trust that you took full advantage of that. Let me tell you what's going on here. I've been teaching you on a very interesting subject, the subject of forgiveness. Probably one of the most misunderstood, misused things known to mankind, forgiveness. Very misunderstood even by a lot of Christians. I have a lot of people who are believers who are involved in the church and they're holding some kind of grudge or trying to hold somebody hostage for something that happened years ago. Are you listening to me? Somebody really needs to hear this. Trying to hold somebody hostage for something that happened years ago. And what you're finding out is the only one held hostage is you. You see, unforgiveness builds a fence around us and kind of shields us from the rest of the world. And you might think, well, that's a good thing. People just keep hurting me and harming me and causing all kinds of problems in my life. So I'm just going to build a little fort around me and I'm going to live in here happily ever after. And what you found out is that you're not happy ever after. You become more bitter and bitter and bitter as the days go on. Well, this teaching is to help you, and I want to be an encouragement to you. Now, everyone I'm speaking to right now, at some point in time, someone has done something to you, and maybe on occasion it was totally out of the blue, and it was totally unprovoked. Most of the time, that's not the case. Nonetheless, we're going to take a look at this. Our text passage for this particular teaching is uh, found in Luke chapter 23. But I'm going to go to another passage right now that we're going to be looking at here very shortly. And it's found in Matthew chapter 6. We, uh, we pray this a lot of times, but we don't pay any attention. We do not pay attention to what we're praying. Beginning in verse 14, of Matthew chapter 6, and I'm reading from the contemporary English version. It puts it this way. If you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, your Father in heaven will forgive you. And we all say, yes. Listen to verse 15. But if you don't forgive others, speaking of the wrongs they do to you, your Father will not forgive your sins. You want to be forgiven? You have to be a forgiver. When you are forgiven by God through His Son, Jesus, you will become a forgiver. You'll be challenged by this. Father, I thank You for each one listening in, and I pray on this 
this Christmas season 2022 that by your word you would speak to us about this very important and informative subject, one that can set us free to live like we never imagined. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, you hang on, give a listen, keep your Bible handy, and uh, if you have something, take some notes on, follow along with our notes, and I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless. Let me share with you as we uh, close this morning. It's going to be a slow close, so don't get in a hurry. I want to share with you some practical help. Practical help. What does that mean? That means when you get up and walk out of here, this is something you can take home with you. Okay? Don't just leave it in your Bible and put it in a car and leave it till next week. This is something that will help you. Practical help for those that are struggling with being a good forgiver. Now, let's begin this way. How many of you are struggling to be a good forgiver? Don't you raise your hand. Here's some practical advice, practical counsel for you. First, recognize the type of infraction that was put upon you. What do you mean by that, Pasta T? Well, was it intentional? How many of you know sometimes people make a decision to do something dumb toward you or toward us? Was it intentional or was it accidental? You know, the proverbial child spilling the milk. Or was it carelessness? How many of you know that there are some people that live in Henry County, Virginia, and they just flat out goofy? Am I right? Not paying a bit more attention to what they're doing than a man in a moon. Quite often, they put their, let the clutch out on their mouth before they put their brain in gear. Am I right? Carelessness. We need to, uh, to assess the type of infraction. Listen to this. Perhaps we are the victim of some bad or misleading information. Some bad or misleading information. Have you ever considered how often bad or misleading information leads to all kinds of problems in relationships? I personally was led astray for 20 plus years, 20 plus years on some misguided information that I had received about someone. I personally was robbed of a friendship by some misleading information. In other words, somebody said something to me that was just misleading, it wasn't true, about somebody else and led me for 20-some years to believe that nonsense. Thank God I finally discovered the truth and, and we were able to repair that and move on. Assess the type of infraction put upon you. Here's something else that really helps. Reverse the tables and really ask. I mean really, really. Ask yourself, whatever this is that has been done to me, have I at some point in time done the same thing to someone else? That done to me, have I put that on others? I've been thinking about doing something new here at New Life. We're going to form... You've heard of smoking, non-smoking sections. You remember those. We're going to have a per perfect section 
and a rest of a section here. I'm, going des- I'm thinking about designating it right up. So, Tina, you may have to move. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We're thinking about, hey, listen. How- you know I do. How many perfect people do we have here this morning? Not a one of us. Boy, that's hard to take. I was that close one day. How do I want persons to respond to my goose? Whether they're intentional, accidental, or carelessness. Listen to Matthew 6, 14. If you have your Bible, I would encourage you to turn there. The contemporary English version puts it this way. Matthew 6, 14. If you forgive others for the wrongs they do to you, your Father in heaven will forgive you. But, If you don't forgive others the wrongs they do to you, your Father will not forgive your sin. You recognize that passage? John, uh, Matthew rather, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. You recognize that passage? It's what we know as Jesus' lesson on prayer. Once upon a time, the apostles asked Jesus, hey, teach us to pray. Tell us about prayer. And he gave us what we call the Lord's Prayer. And then he wraps that up with this passage, Matthew 6, 14 and 15, basically saying it'd be a good idea for you to learn how to become a forgiver because if you do not, you imperfect person, you're not going to be forgiven. Wow. Fill in number six with me on your study notes. A good forgiver realizes something a good forgiver realizes that an unforgiven trespass or sin trespass is really a good word here an unforgiven trespass will fester you understand that it will develop some kind of infection and it will come to a boil no pun intended at some point in time it will fester and over time it will transform into resentment resentment is a slow eating cancer isn't that true it is it destroys the character and it destroys the resolve of the bearer nelson mandela has been credited with saying this, resentment is like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. Pretty good description. I'm offering some practical help. Listen, beloved, the more time one, the more time that lapses between a fault and forgiveness, the more difficult the act of forgiveness. Have you found that to be true? I have. Why is that? First of all, I would suggest to you pride, our own stinking pride. And then if you wait long enough, you know how the enemy is. Who's the enemy, church? Satan, the devil, old Beelzebub. If you wait long enough, he's going to whisper, Hey, you did something stupid, and he'll rub it in, but they forgot all about that. It's okay. They forgot about it. In fact, they're acting plumb human about it these days. They forgot all about it. Listen to me. If something is eating at you, whatever that is, then it certainly hasn't been forgotten and it isn't okay. Are you with me? 
On occasion, I've been asked this question, not directly, but in a kind of a sideways, subliminal kind of way. Pastor, is it necessary to say, I forgive? When something has transpired, when there's been some infraction toward me, is it necessary for me to say to the perpetrator, I forgive? Is it necessary, Pastor Terry, for me to say it out loud? Is it necessary, Pastor Terry, for me to say it to the person that's being forgiven? Or can we just think about it? (laughs) Or can we tell a third party? Oh, how often does that happen? We call that triangulation. It's not a good thing. Instead of going eyeball to eyeball, you involve a third party. That usually doesn't turn out very well. Listen, beloved, I want to answer that question this way. It's the last thing on your study notes. Fill in number seven with me. Forgiving, the act of forgiving has an integral component. Here it is. It's a long word. You'll have to look at the screen. Confrontation. Confrontation. Forgiving has an integral component. Confrontation. I am very aware of the fact that many embrace, I'd rather carry the hurt than risk a confrontation. You know people like that? I'd rather carry the hurt than risk a confrontation. I want to share with you this morning as part of my closing remarks, Satan's most well-guarded secret. Now, this is why you come to New Life, you learn these things. The devil's most well-guarded guarded secret. Here it is. Are you ready? You want to get your pen ready and write this down. It's not a study note. Beloved, confrontation does not have to lead to conflict. It does not have to lead to conflict. Confrontation can, everybody say can, it can prevent It can reduce, even dissolve conflict. Watch this. It needs to be done this way prayerfully. And when I say prayerfully, what I'm talking about, I'm being very specific when I say prayerfully, praying about the parties involved, praying about the infraction, being very prayerful and being very careful with your prayer and and praying with mature insight. The pain of confrontation is far less severe than an unforgiving spirit. Let me do that again. Somebody needed to hear this this morning. The pain of confrontation is far less severe than an unforgiving spirit. Pastor Terry, is that true? I believe it is. Mother Teresa, who said some really cool things, one of them was this. If we really want to love, we must learn how to forgive. And if you consider what I just walked you through, we could read it this way. If we really want to love, we must learn how to confront. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 21 tells us this. Look at this. I'm still talking to you about some practical help for those that struggle to be a good forgiver. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, How many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Watch this. I find humor in the scriptures. A lot of times other people do not see it. This is hilarious. Peter is asking a rhetorical question. Let me tell you how I know that because he provides his answer. So he thinks. 
Look at this again. Lord, how many times shall I, Peter, forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, can't you imagine old Peter was strutting around when he said that, probably thinking, I forgave somebody seven times, so I'm cool. Jesus answered, look at verse 22 of Matthew 18. I tell you, not seven times, not seven times. Can you imagine doing something crazy? Tina, I think I've done something crazy you six times, so I'm right there. But can you imagine doing something crazy? Say, forgive me. How many is that? No, how many is that? One. Yeah, stay with me. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just not, sometimes my ADD kicks in. So, Tina, I did something stupid again. I'm sorry. How many times is that? All right. By now, you're getting a little suspicious, right? Tina, I'm sorry I did something stupid. I'm sorry. You forgive me? Three times. Three times. Okay. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Oh, Tina, I have been so stupid. And you're thinking, I know, that's who you are. <laughs> Will you forgive me? For the last time. How, how many times is that? Seven. How many times is that? I don't know. I feel like it's four. <laughs> help me out here, or I'm going to put you in the imperfect section. You better <laughs> help me out here. Tina, I did something stupid. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Yes. How many times five. is that? Are you getting the point? You ever had anybody do something stupid to you five times? You about ready to take them out? I've got two times left. I'm going to stop right there. So this is what Peter's thinking. This is what we do. Man alive, I am super saint. I asked somebody to forgive me seven times because they did something stupid. Jesus answered and said, not seven times. Mm -mm. Not even eight times. But 70 times. Seven times, not 77, seven, seven, but 77 times, 490 times. The most inept human being in this room right now can understand that is an enormous exaggeration, right? Jesus said that. Again, can't you imagine old Peter walking around with his seven-time scorecard thinking he was really going to impress Jesus? I would have loved to have seen his eyes when Jesus said 70 times seven. I bet they were this big around. He's like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do now? Listen, beloved, here's the point. When you are motivated by godly, holy Grace, really godly, holy grace, as an unconditional forgiver, then any quantifying effort will be unacceptable. Are you with me? I'm talking to some people this morning. You need to be forgiven. I'm talking to some of you. You need to be a forgiver. It may have been something physical. May have been some emotional damage within the church and the spiritual realm. It may have caused some spiritual damage. You need to fix that. Oh, Pastor, they forgot about it by now. Can I tell you a story? Say yes. When I was a little boy, we didn't have a whole lot. We were as poor as Job's turkey. Had to walk to school 
both ways every day in the snow uphill. It was terrible. And I went into Johnson's Grocery. It was the forerunner of the convenience store. It's in Saxpahaw. It no longer exists across from the cemetery where my mother's buried. And I went in there and got to looking around. How many of you know when you're about eight, nine years old, a pack of chewing gum looks really good when you don't got no nickel? I didn't got no nickel. I did leave there with a pack of chewing gum. I like to choke to death on that chewing gum. Many years later, as an adult, Holy Spirit said in a time of prayer one day, this is biblical, by the way, you remember that pack of chewing gum you stole from the Johnsons? I never forgot stealing that pack of chewing gum. It haunted me for decades. I said, you need to make that right. Now, D.L. Johnson, my best friend's dad, passed away when we were in the fifth grade. He was long gone, but Margaret was still living, the widow that ran that store for a long, long time. I went to her house. I said, I said, Margaret, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I stole some chewing gum from you way back when, and I want to pay you for it. Now, you know how that goes. Now, you don't have to worry about paying. I said, oh, yes, I do. It wasn't but a nickel, but I'm leaving it on this table right here right now listen I told you that to tell you this sometimes you have to fit stuff sometimes you have to fit stuff and I believe Holy Spirit's fits in something in your heart right now by reminding you of these things I encourage you to do what Holy Spirit's leading you to do now we're going to close and here's how we're going to close this morning on occasion, people say to me, listen carefully, this is an exhortation, and I'm dead serious and I'll tell you this. They say, I, I wish you'd give an altar call every Sunday. I do. They don't always have to look like where you come from. I'm talking about this altar. If messages like this don't cause your altar, uh, cause you to have an altar experience, then I'm telling you, there's a, there's a big problem. So here's how we're going to do the altar call today. Sometimes I let you do it right there in your seat. I'm going to make it pretty easy on you today. And I'm going to ask you, unless the Holy Spirit tells you to keep your seat here in just a few moments, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask you to come up here and gather around this altar for a closing time of prayer. And we're going to pray our prayer of the week together. It's very very meaningful, very well thought out, and I trust it will help you. You understand what, what I'm asking you to do that makes sense? That's going to be our closing this morning. Stand up with me, let me pray, and then we're going to move. Father, I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. It's not always jumping up and down. It's not always laughter and joy as such. Sometimes it's brokenness, a contrite. A repentant heart. Sometimes it's tears. But it's your faithfulness nonetheless. Help us this morning to do that which you have prompted us to do. To follow through with your nudges. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, won't you come unless the Lord tells you to stay there? And listen, if you stay there, I'm not I'm assuming that the Lord told you to stay there. I'm not here to judge you, but come on, we're going to pray this prayer together.
Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. What a great place for us to do so. Now listen, I'm probably speaking to someone right now. You've been harboring something, some unforgiveness for a long, long time. I can't think of a better Christmas present to give yourself than to offer someone forgiveness for something that happened, in particular something that happened a long time ago, or maybe not, because it will be the most freeing, liberating thing that you have ever experienced in your life. Let me uh, just read this for you once again. We uh, closed the message with it earlier. It comes out of Matthew 18, 21. Listen to this. Peter came to Jesus and asked, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And Peter says, up to seven times, thinking he was really going to impress Jesus. But listen to Jesus' response, verse 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. Four hundred and ninety times. Seventy seven times, 490 times. In other words, you just keep on forgiving. Because Why? Because it is liberating. It's freeing. Listen, there's not a one of you listening to me right now that have, haven't collected a mountain of sins against God. And when you confess those sins, you surrender them to Him through Jesus. You confess them, repent of them, and God will forgive you. He'll wipe the slate clean. He'll forgive you. How arrogant is it? How condescending is it when one has been forgiven and yet they take the attitude, somebody did something to me, this one little thing, and I'm going to hold it against them the rest of their life. The verse that we read at the outset of the teaching tonight made it very clear that if you have an attitude like that, you are in danger of judgment yourself. I don't want you to be there. I believe there's a better way. There's God's way. It's a way of forgiveness. Father, I pray for each one listening in right now, and I pray specifically for that one that's been harboring some hurt, and maybe that hurt uh, was justified. Something was done to them, but I pray that they can let go of that and release that and begin to experience a healing of that wound, truly a healing of that wound. Give them courage to follow through according to your word I pray in Jesus' name, in particular, those that claim to be a part of the body of Christ. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. If you listen to New Life regularly, normally, I'd encourage you to, uh, to let us know about that. There's so many times, in fact, for years now, I sit before this camera and I just talk to a camera and you take for granted that somebody's listening out there. It's pretty easy to, to make that known these days. There's a email address right there on the screen. We'd love to hear from you. Wouldn't take you long to do that. Build them up, B-U-I-L-D-M-U-P at gmail.com. Just say, Pastor T, we listen. We appreciate you. We're praying for the program. Could you do that for us as we get ready to go into 2023? Let me remind you, New Life Community Church has a regular schedule of activity Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We also had midweek activities Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, something for nearly every member of the family, whether you're a little bitty or you're kind of aging like myself and all in between. I've got to get out of here again. I trust you're going to have a great Christmas season, what's left of it. 
I'm Terry Knight and reminding you, my friends, that Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?